Hi, welcome to Chaos in the Attic. It's your host, Noor. Here I uncover all the chaos in our attics from emotional and physical well-being, talking all things spirituality and self-development. I have fun and enlightening conversations with inspiring people. Here we stay open to anything and everything. I am so excited to have you here with me now. So let's get chaotic. Hello and welcome back or welcome to Chaos in the Attic. I hope this episode finds you happy, healthy, well, surrounded by all the love, wonders, and magic and spookiness that the world has to offer always and forever. Happy freaking Halloween, everyone. It is the best day of the entire year, at least for me. We all know by now that Halloween is my favorite holiday, my favorite time, and kind of sad to be honest that we have arrived on this day because that means that have to wait another year but it's okay we'll enjoy it as we are here today and i am just super excited to have this guest on this episode because it was truly so unplanned for this episode to come out today and that just hopefully serves as a reminder to everyone that that is the way the magic of this universe works you don't have to plan things will always fall into place exactly as they need to be So my guest today is Sandra Inman. Sandra works with people to help them navigate themselves and empower themselves through tapping and witchcraft. Yes, witchcraft, which is why this episode is so perfect. I have talked about tapping recently and how I've been doing on a daily basis for two months now, and it has truly been so transformational within myself. I have truly found so much power within me and have really uncovered different shadows within myself through tapping and we talk about how you can do tapping and the the science behind tapping because i feel like a lot of people have this assumption that tapping is more on the woo side but there is a science to it and it is such a great tool that you can do anywhere at any time which is why i think that it is so incredible and so useful to every single person and then obviously witchcraft i want to clarify that for anyone obviously if you clicked on this episode then you're intrigued in some kind of way and i feel like witchcraft has a lot of negativity towards it and people demonize it or look at it as like this really bad thing again that just depends on your personal background and what you've been told and raised with i personally think that magic is in everything magic whether we're aware of it or not everyone is doing magic If you're a surgeon, you're performing surgery, that is magic to me. If you are a chef and you're putting ingredients together, that is a form of magic. Whatever you are doing is a form of magic. And I think that magic is just energy. And if we, if you want to look at it in the science of that, then everything is energy. Everything is, we are energy. And if magic is energy, then we're constantly moving and evolving through it. So I want to say that first. In this episode, we talk about spells, spell making, and the best spells that you can do and perform for yourself in your own home with yourself. And also, we get into jinxes, hexes, curses, how to avoid them and how to know if we are jinxed or hexed or cursed. And also just setting intentions when making spells. I think that is really important. We talk about the how to do magic in a get and I in a way that is more helpful to us and to others and also magic that has that good intention in it and that is going to quote-unquote work for those people that feel like they are casting spells or not understanding why their spells aren't happening for them so 
We talk all about that. And we talk about even the science of magic because in a way there is a science to it. So yeah, this episode is going to be really, really useful to anyone and everyone. And I just can't wait for you to hear more from Sandra and all her magic. Would you want to start by like introducing yourself and what exactly you do? So my name's Sandra Inman and essentially my, my vision or my, my mission is actually to help people connect more to who they really are and to take back their power and to be able to create the life they want to live on their terms um, and bring more joy, peace and happiness and meaning into their lives. And I do that uh, through working with Wicca and witchcraft because it's something that I've always been passionate about and through the tapping and other sort of modalities that I use to help people connect more with themselves so that they are um, dealing with the shadow side of themselves and not just being um, pushed around by the outer world that, that they can take back their power and realise that, hey, we've got a lot more control over how we perceive things than we think we do and that we've been told that we do. I love that. It's I found you through tapping. It was specifically the video on tapping for the fear of responsibility, which is something I feel like a lot of people face yet are not really aware of. And then through mm-hmm. that, I discovered this whole world and I was just in awe and I, I love all that you're doing. I think that empowering people in that way is so special and so important and especially now during this time and this phase that I feel like the world is kind of in of this like people are starting to open up more to wanting to I guess improve their lives on a more spiritual and inner level so I just think that it's so wonderful um how did you exactly what is your backstory how did you come into this work uh, well, my backstory, as far as the Wiccan stuff is concerned, I came into that in the early 90s or mid yeah, mid to early 90s, uh, just simply because I'd always been interested in spirituality and I had been involved. Um, I was actually a, sort of like a Christian beforehand and I sort of got, it sort of happened in a moment where what I'd read from my sister's books, because I used to always read her books. She's five and a half years older than me. And she'd brought a book home on Wicca when I was 14. And I read it and I thought, oh, that sounds really great. And then forgot about it. And then was reminded of that book. And at the time when I was reminded of the book, it just felt like it coming home. It felt like, yes, I remember this book. And then I went and did more investigation into Wicca and um, just absolutely loved it. And it felt like coming home. Joined a coven and did a few years there, but I still found that my background, I come from a dysfunctional family and there was a lot of self-esteem issues, self-doubt, a lot of problems that I had um, with social anxiety and just not being able to do the things I really wanted to do or to be able to put myself out there the way that I wanted to because I just had so much self-doubt. And I was looking for spirituality, I think, as a way to help me with that or a way to be able to get through that. And I found that whilst the spiritual uh, 
work that I was doing at the time was was great for the magic and for connecting to spirit, it didn't help me really deal with all those things that were going on inside myself. And so I went on a bit of a journey to other spiritual traditions like Buddhism and, and Sufism and those things were helpful, but again, they didn't really deal with how do you deal with the shadow self. They talk about it a lot and um, they talk about the ego a lot or the maths and Sufism, but they don't really teach you a really good way of dealing with it so that it can actually be helpful to you and how you can transform yourself. Their, their techniques are very, um, they're very long-winded. And coming through a few periods of anxiety, I had some anxiety attacks and came more into the realm of psychology. Then with a particular anxiety attack that I would have had back, I think, in the end of 2014, I uh, came across tapping and it was just the most amazing thing that I'd ever come across. I'd done a lot more investigation into tapping with various different people like um, Margaret Lynch, um, uh, GP Walsh, and um, all the other tapping people out there. I worked with a hypnotherapist. He also did tapping. And so I ended up learning tapping myself because I just found it so helpful for me. And since that, since 2014 and doing tapping and working with people and myself, I've brought in a lot of other things that uh, I feel go with tapping, like various gestalt techniques, various different uh, shamanic healing type of techniques, like soul retrieval. To me, you can really work with that with tapping. And I've just found that the tapping and the shadow work with tapping has been the most liberating thing for me ever. And I certainly wouldn't be here talking to you if I hadn't done any of that work because I just couldn't bring myself to to deal with the, the lack of, of uh, sense of worthiness and um, all of that self-doubt, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a lot. It's doing the shadow work is hard and to put yourself in the position to even get yourself to do that work is takes a lot of courage and a lot of, yeah, just like uh, it takes a lot for a person to wanna uncover those areas. So I think that doing all that work and like discovering it and trialing and error is like so important. And I'm really interested in like how you found tapping and I guess like what, what, how did tapping work for you? Because I feel like a lot of people look at tapping and are just like, this is, you're just tapping on parts of your body. Like how is this actually working? So what was your experience like in the beginning to where it is right now? In the beginning, I worked pretty much with the traditional tapping. So it was using the basic recipe and uh, very much into the, um, the Gary Craig sort of tradition of tapping. And what I found it did was it seemed to have definitely calm the nervous system down. So it helped with um, anxiety. But what I was discovering when I first started doing tapping was that it brought up other things like beliefs. And so each time I tap on something, other things would be revealed to me. So it was like a drawing the curtain on the shadow uh, beliefs or everything would come up, probably because the subconscious is always wanting us to know what's going on and it's always yelling at us. And the more we run away from it, the, yeah, the louder it yell. <laughs> and so when you're tapping, the nervous system's calming down. You're able to hear it in a much calmer way. So at first it was all about the emotions, calming the emotions. And then for, as the more I got involved with it, the more I realised that 
yes, it can help with the emotions and it seems to help uh, break that in, that mind-body connection between uh, the emotion and the thought and change the thought through changing the feeling. But what I found now that, that the most powerful thing about it is that it actually helps change your thoughts and your beliefs. So I'm focusing way more on thoughts and beliefs now than just on the emotions because when you change the, the beliefs and you tap on the beliefs, the emotions change as a result of that. So it's kind of moved from an emotional focus to more of a beliefs focus and being able to reveal the beliefs and then being able to challenge those beliefs and change them. Yeah, I've had like very strange like tapping experiences of like tapping and then just crying at certain points. And I just know that it's like that was like a trigger point or and it will, like you said, it will unravel like new beliefs or different emotions that have been like inside me that I just wasn't aware of, I guess. And I think that that's just I that's what I love about it is that it's something that is so practical that we can all do like on a daily basis and that it really does work like it it I well in terms of like it actually working what I want to ask you is what exactly are the tapping points like what are we tapping on and what it because I know that a lot of people it's just like with therapy everyone wants to know how things are like working like when is it going to work when is this belief going to leave my system when am I going to change yeah I find that well, each of the points that we use in tapping are uh, just the meridian points that uh, cover various organs like the stomach, uh, the, the kidneys. Uh, so they're really just tapping on those. The kidneys tend to, whip to be where we hold the fear. So this point here, the, we call the collarbone point, uh, is addressing the, the kidney meridians and it's also addressing the fear aspect. And I've, I've always found just instinctively that even just putting pressure on that point, if I'm anxious, it actually does calm the nervous system down. And so that's interesting correlation there with the, the different organs and um, their effect on the body. It's also, um, I forgot what I was going to say there. What was the, the other part of the question? <laughs> oh, um, how, like, what... Because everyone's always curious to know, like, how, is it, do I, how do I tell if it's actually working? You'll know by the beliefs that come up. And I guess it depends on the tapping method that you're using because there's different tapping methods out there now. And the tapping method I use is, is almost a sort of a different method again in that it, I really work, as I said, on the beliefs more so than on the feelings. I'll bring the feelings into it, but I'm more likely to bring beliefs unless the feelings are really intense and they need to be brought down, I focus on the beliefs. So it's when do you no longer believe what you believed before <laughs> about yourself when, or when you go to do something, you find that you're doing it differently. You may, catch, you may not realise that the change is happening because it's very subtle, it's a very subtle change. But you will realise that when you go to maybe do something that used to threaten you before, that you felt a bit... Um, it might have brought up anxiety or anger. It doesn't do that anymore. And so it's just noticing the changes in your own life and the changes in your behaviour. That's how you'll know that it's working. Uh, or to that challenge yourself if you're working with a belief to go into that belief and see if that feels real to you anymore. Does that belief that um, I'm, I'm not allowed to uh, be me, for example, does that feel 
true in my body like it used to uh, or does it not feel true anymore? It, it Tune into the body and see if it feels true and if it doesn't feel true anymore, then you've probably nailed that um, that belief or that version of the belief. You, it's like peeling an onion. You've got different beliefs within beliefs within beliefs. So you may have a number of different beliefs around the common belief of I'm not good enough because the I'm not good enough may be in various different areas of your life. So it's not just the I'm not good enough in general belief, which you may tap on maybe at the beginning. You might feel you're not good enough for this or not good enough for that or you're not good enough to to do certain things. And so you've got to go and then work with each one of those beliefs. So it's like peeling an onion and you're peeling it, peeling it, peeling it, peeling it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because it's just like I would I would do like one type of tapping session and then I'd realize that something else came up and then I'll chop on that and then something else will come up and I'll realize, oh, like these are all different layers to it. But how would you encourage someone to approach tapping? Like someone's new and they're interested in tapping, they want to get into it, but they have they have no idea like how to even go about that. I would say definitely watch the videos on YouTube uh, and tap along with them and see how, how what comes out of them. I mean, the, the YouTube videos that I do are really just to bring people into the particular belief and then it becomes more, it, they're really to help reveal things to people because they're not long enough or in-depth enough or individual enough to really be able to help individual people. But, yeah, watch YouTube videos, see which ones work with you, for you, which ones don't. Uh, and yeah, try it. I mean, it's good to work one-on-one -on -one with somebody to really get to the idea of how to work with tapping because it goes in very different places and I throw in a whole lot of different ways of being able to get at something. So if one technique isn't working, I'll throw in another technique because there's different ways you can get to a really um, stubborn belief. Some people are great with their imagination, so we might use what comes up in the imagination and tap on that. Other people, it might be just a straight belief. Uh, other people may even go into more of a matrix re-imprinting where you go into the past and work with uh, the echo or the, the inner child and work with them that way. So, yeah, watch some YouTube videos, tap along with them, see what works with you and what doesn't, what what sort of things come up when you're tapping and uh, just do it that way. Because that's how I started. I just watched YouTube videos until I found uh, somebody who to work with and then I started to learn tapping because I just felt it was just so useful. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, how many times do you recommend someone to, like, tap on the same the same fear, the same, the same thing? Is it until they feel that that is relieved from them or are they continuing to tap on a daily basis on the same belief? Tap on the same belief until you no longer have that belief, until that belief now no longer feels to be true. So it's all about feeling in the body. Uh, we feel our beliefs and that's why it's so hard to act if we believe something because it feels true in our body because it's actually in our nervous system. And what the tapping does is it um, takes that nervous system belief away from the belief and therefore the belief can no longer exist because it's no longer in your nervous system. Okay. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I kind of want to rewind and go back to the beginning because you said that you found witchcraft before and spirituality before you got into the tapping. So in terms of the witchcraft, how would you exactly describe that now in modern day times? In modern day times, I think a lot of the witchcraft's kind of merged with a whole lot of other stuff, um, particularly law of attraction, quantum physics. So in the modern sense, I, I would say that uh, there's many different traditions of witchcraft. There's still uh, people who practice very traditional uh, styles of magic, which come from various different cultures around the world and with different religious systems as well. Uh, but in the modern day, I'd say that witchcraft's very much just about learning how to work with nature, how to work with ourselves and understanding that we're actually very powerful beings and that we are divine beings here creating the experience that we're having and to connect with that divine within ourselves so to connect to the god and god goddess within ourselves and connect with nature and work in unity with everything so to me that's what witchcraft is about now in the modern sense it's it really is about more of a spiritual path now Whereas perhaps in the past, it may have been seen anyway as being more about just trying to manipulate the outside world or manipulate people. Uh, to me, it's taken a much more spiritual focus because we're waking up to the fact that we are all spiritual beings and that we're actually here to create something really wonderful. If We just remember that that's what we're here to actually do and not think that the world outside of ourselves which is, is very much an illusion because it's based on our perception that we're, that we're not necessarily subject to, to all of the manipulation and everything that's going on in the world at the moment that, that has us believing that we're powerless creatures and that we can't do anything. So it's, it's about waking up to our power and taking it back. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. In terms of why, why do you feel like people are so hesitant and fearful of the term witch and the term witchcraft as well and magic and practicing magic and all of the things that are associated with being a witch because we've been told to fear it uh it's been everywhere of course in my upbringing uh in stories in you know television hollywood uh the church um or various different religions uh don't want people to know about magic it's been a part of I think it's just been a part of the mass manipulation of people to weaken people so that the people who are in control the ones that have the power in the world whether it be the church or whether it be governments or whatever's running the show these days uh, it's a way of disempowering people to make you fear your own power is a great way to disempower you to make you fear magic is a great way to disempower you and to make you think that it's bad and evil to practice magic is a way to disempower the people so that then those people who are in those high positions uh, in religion or governments or, or world authorities uh, can actually keep that um, power for themselves. That's, that's really what's behind all of it, I think. Yes, 100%. And I think it's really funny and interesting how... I, I'm my personal belief, I think everyone is using magic and whether they're aware of it or not. And those people who are in those higher positions that are trying to bring it down and shut it down, they're the ones who are using it negatively and who are 
very cautious, consciously using it and are aware that they're using it. And I think that, unfortunately, that's just the way the world is right now. Yeah, they definitely have the occult knowledge and they definitely use occult knowledge. Uh, they certainly know how to manipulate people on a psychological basis. Uh, so, and that's that's a part of that great knowledge. I mean, all the mystics, uh, all of the magicians, witches, you know, know those things. And yes, magic's something that you can use for help or you can use it for harm. It's it's an energy. That's all it is. It's, it's just working with energy, working with our intent, working with our ability to be able to... Uh, create and we can use that to help or we can use it to harm and just because some people are using it to harm uh doesn't mean that you can't use the tool because if you're dumbing people down and telling people that magic doesn't exist or that it's wrong or that it's evil then you're taking that power away from them to be able to then defend themselves against any negative any harmful magic that is directed at them because if, if everybody woke up to how powerful we were, the world would be a totally different place. You know, if, if we work with our shadow, got rid of all of these silly beliefs that we have about ourselves in the world, tapped into our power, we wouldn't have the need to be greedy or control people. We wouldn't be wanting to manipulate people in order to get what we want because we wouldn't, we wouldn't be coming from that place of lack and fear. We'd be coming from a place of strength and power. And so the world would, would look totally different and it would be a much more peaceful place because the need to, the, the, that lack mentality that causes people to want to take power over people wouldn't be there. The competitiveness wouldn't be there. Yeah. What's also really interesting that just came up to mind is like even in terms of religions and how they view magic as devil's work. And ironically, I guess, I, I'm I'm Muslim, so I see a lot of Islamic practices as magic, the way we do prayers, the way that Islamic medicine is formed. And there's a lot of like different ritual practices within the religion that are, I would consider magic, even in Christianity and all these other religions where they have these practices. Yet I feel like, I don't know, maybe they don't view it in that way, in that sense. Or not i know that in islam technically it's considered white magic which is like that positive the good energy um and then when you're using it for harm like the evil eye and all of that other stuff that's considered bad magic so i know that it's more embraced in terms of that but even still like the notion of witchcraft the notion of being called a witch is still obviously very negatively viewed yeah and my my upbringing was catholic in the catholic tradition there's a lot of magic in catholicism there's not a magic in their ritual uh, and the way that they do things and their beliefs and the way they work with their saints. It's all magical, incredibly magical. Uh, yet, the, uh, well, I think the way they're becoming a little bit, they're embracing it a little bit more now. I do know that in some Catholic schools, uh, some teachers who do teach religious education have incorporated wicker into the education like you know the various different religions when they're talking about different religions and so there does seem to be a little bit more of an opening up and accepting uh of it which is good uh but definitely in the past there when they were really going for the power thing uh it was um all magic was bad 
I have a question for you in terms of like one labeling themselves as witch. How do you feel about that? Because I know that a lot of people, like a lot of um, people that claim or are said to be witches um, will get really frustrated by other people that are giving themselves that title. So I wanted to know what your, I guess, your relationship to that is. Uh, I think if you feel, being, being a witch, I guess, feels like a coming home. So you feel like you are one in the sense that you you feel like you are this magical being who, who has, um, you know, that we are divine beings and we have the power to be able to create. Uh, the word witch is in our vocabulary to describe such a being. <laughs> so we, we, we connect with the word witch. And as for different people using it, I guess people can get very attached to labels. And uh, I think that being too attached to anything is never a good thing. Like whilst it's, it's good to connect with the essence of being a witch or even the word witch, to connect to it so much that uh, you're getting upset if other people are using the term um, unless they're using it in a way that's totally off <laughs> what it is. Uh, I don't know, people get very attached to, to labels. I've had that even within Wicca, that, that people get very attached to, this is what Wicca is, and you can't call yourself a Wiccan unless you do, the, you know, A, B, C, D, you know. You follow this tradition, that's the only way you can be Wiccan. And I just don't understand that because in the past when I was learning, uh, if you were practising magic, if you were practicing working with nature in that magical way, then that was that was a form of witchcraft. So um, I don't know. It depends, I guess, okay, on a case by case basis. I'd have to look at that, but um, it's it's never a good thing to be too attached to the term and to always be careful uh, why you're what it is that you're attached to that's making you judge the other person. Uh, and from a shadow work point of view, often that's something about ourselves that we're not looking at. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it's really true. It's when you're, if, we, if you're not accepting it, it's what, what's, what are you not accepting that is within yourself of that other person? Yeah, I don't mm. know if that just made sense. <laughs> um, how would you, I guess, suggest for people to incorporate um, magic into their daily lives like what are practices that people can start to doing if they want to get more in touch with that side of themselves meditation is definitely a key point uh various different types of meditation but you really do need to have that that moment of, of stillness within yourself to be able to connect to that magical part of you uh and shut off the outside world and start to really look at oneself so a practice of meditation, whether that's mindfulness meditation or using mantra or even just maybe at the beginning music with some affirmations or something just to sort of get yourself uh, able to focus in a one-pointed way because that's important for magic. Uh, have intent. What are your goals? What, what do you want to do in life? Um, setting intentions and maybe doing some spell work to help with those intentions is a way to bring magic into your life every day. Uh, going out in nature and connecting with the earth is a way to bring um, magic and, and that spirituality into your life again. And um, even just uh, if, you, if you're working with um, deities, 
doesn't really matter which deities from from any any pantheon or any any religion or however you perceive deity, whether it is just the universe of spirit or uh, connecting with that and that within yourself and knowing that you are of that and that um, you are an expression of that. So uh, connecting back with that divine self again. Yeah, I agree with meditation 100%. I think getting more in touch with yourself and being able to grasp some type of knowing and some type of inner work and to get in touch with your own intuition is Mm. one of the most powerful ways that one can feel powerful and feel more connected to the earth, connected to themselves and connected to all other beings. So I definitely agree with that. Um, In terms of like practicing um, witchcraft, when it comes to making spells, making potions and is that something that anyone can do or is it dangerous for any random person to just go about it? Because there's so many videos I will see and so many blogs and articles and all these things of people putting out spells, putting out um, different, um, I don't know, like all these different ways of like casting a spell or doing some type of potion. And I don't know. I just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it can be a bit confusing. Um, the, the main thing really is to make sure that the magic that you're doing is helpful and not harmful in any way. That's the safest way to go about doing any magic uh, because what you put out does get mirrored back in some way, shape or form. So it's always good to do helpful magic. When it comes to mixing things, it's just the most dangerous thing is uh, setting fire to yourself. <laughs> like, um, if you're doing candle magic or something like that or setting fire to something because that does happen because you're not careful with the candles. So always be very, very aware of safety around anything that you're doing from a very practical, mundane point of view. Uh, make sure your candles aren't anywhere near curtains or anything inflammable. If you do need to let the candle burn down, make sure it's burning down somewhere that's safe, like in a, a bathtub or a sink or something where it's if it did fall over, it's not going to catch a light that kind of thing. So it's really the practicalities of it um, from a mundane point of view that makes it dangerous. When it comes to potions, again, make sure that if you're going to be drinking anything, it's safe to drink. So it's something that you could cook with or, you know, you would be able to drink. Uh, if it's essential oils, make sure that you how you're using the oils so that um, some oils can be really irritating to the skin, some are toxic. So really researching the materials that you're using to make sure that they're safe to use. And as for the magic itself, putting it all together and creating something, then as long as you're very, very clear in what it is that you want, you're not harming anybody or anything through your magic um, while you're trying to the least amount of harm anyway, uh, then magic's pretty safe. You really can't go too wrong with it it's um yeah just be care just just be careful in your wording and how you word things to make sure that it's exactly what you want uh because the subconscious mind and the universe will take things literally so if you're wanting a holiday or something don't say i want a break say i want to have a holiday because if you say i want to have a break it's quite likely you'll end up breaking something like a bone or something because that's happened to people (laughs) So make sure you're very clear in your intent and that it can't be confused in any way for something else. 
Yes, I agree. I also, I, I think for me, the thing that was like coming to mind is a lot of people will do spells on exes, spells on yes. these type of things. <laughs> and to me, I'm just like, yeah, don't harm, let's not harm people. I think that we need to find another spell to go about it a different way because I'll have like random people like post, this person helped me um get um get revenge on my ex or this person oh, yeah. um <laughs> <It's spanners>. yeah <laughs> um just like okay i don't want that here <laughs> don't need that energy um yeah and i think i guess like it's just like the voodoo magic that kind of stuff that's where i would say that that's the dangerous stuff because eventually i believe in karma it's gonna get you in some kind of way as well so <laughs> What you put out, you do get back because it's it's everything's a mirror. So if, if you're trying to harm somebody or to get your ex back or get back at your ex, you're, you're really harming yourself because we're all connected for one thing. And it's you're, you're spending that energy in, in a very negative place emotionally. You're perceiving the world in a very negative way. So it's not helping you at all. And the way that things come back at us isn't necessarily in an obvious way. It might not be that, you know, you end up in a car accident or something because you cursed somebody. It can just simply be that you're, you're generally not a very happy person or that you're always grumpy all the time. Always, You've always find that there's people coming into your life that you feel you've got a curse or that you've got a hex because you keep attracting the same things over and over and over again because just you're in that energy. So it can be very subtle the way that magic will um, rebound. <laughs> Because it always does. Everything we set out, we sent out, we send out comes back in some way. So if you're sending out uh, magic that's helpful, then it's going to return in a way that's helpful. Uh, Lynn McTaggart, I don't know if you know Lynn McTaggart, who did the um, intention experiments. Mm -hmm. She did um, Lynn McTaggart. Sounds um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's an author of the book called um, Circle of Eight and the Intention Experiments. And she actually experimented with this. And they found that when, when people were doing a working for somebody, so they had a group of people, maybe eight people, and they're focusing either on healing or maybe they were focusing on helping somebody financially. Each one of those people got something back in return that they found happened in their lives that echoed to perhaps even a smaller, a smaller extent what they were putting out for that person. So in some way they got some health benefit from it or they got some financial benefit from actually sending out that energy. And so what they discovered was that, yes, it does actually come back at you in some way. On that note, um, in terms of like how can one tell if a spell has been cast on them? Is that even possible for them to know if they've been cursed, if they've been blessed by a spell? Or is it just your life, you you just go about it and if you were, if you aren't, then that's just, you're, you'll find out down the line. Yeah, a lot of people think that they've been cursed when they start having bad luck. But the first thing is you've got to know, is there anybody that you know who would be cursing you? Is there anybody you know that's capable of cursing you? And uh, anybody you know that would want to curse you? And... Again, it, it's a matter of um, people can't influence you unless you let them influence you. So you have to take care of your own backyard. You've got to look, you know, like any type of security, you've got to make sure you, your doors are locked at night, you know, that kind of thing. 
So you've got to take care of your own energy. And if you're more vulnerable to the influence of another person, whether it's direct influence from somebody telling you something or somebody sending you something energetically, then you've got to clean up your act so you're not so vulnerable to that person anymore or that energy anymore. And if you think you've been cursed, it's very, very easy to break a curse. It's very, very easy to raise your energy so that it, it doesn't keep hitting you. Uh, but just because something's happening doesn't necessarily mean you've been cursed because <laughs> a lot of people do. They, they think that their own behaviour and their own shadow self that's caused them to, to maybe land in a particular situation in their life, that it's actually somebody else doing it to them when really it's them doing it to themselves. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think that some people are not aware that they're cursing themselves through like Absolutely. one or the other. And <laughs> yeah, it's something that I will always tell myself is anytime I feel like someone is putting out negative energy on me, I just say, you know what, who cares if they are, or if they're not, because this universe, God, whatever anyone believes in wants good for me. And that's literally all that matters. If a higher power or something even greater than this person wants something good for me, then who cares what? Exactly. Yeah. And you can always transform that energy anyway. Like you say, all energy that comes to me, regardless of intent, uh, is transformed into, you know, prosperity, health, love. Because you, I mean, we've got the ability to be alchemists with energy. So we can just transform that energy and use that energy. So if somebody is throwing darts at you, you can transform it and use that energy to actually help you in a positive way. If, if you have that daily practice where you are working with meditation, maybe you are building positive energy and positive vibes through various different techniques, then if somebody's throwing anything at you, you can either, you can, Simply transform it into something that's helpful to you. It doesn't have to, um, yeah, it, it's not the big, hairy, scary monster people think it is, particularly if you've done a lot of work on yourself and you realise that I've actually got the power to overcome this, so um, it's it's not an issue. Yeah, I agree. Um, are there any simple spells, simple little practices that someone can do either it's on a daily basis or if they just want to cast a spell like an easy because there's so many different ways to cast a spell like people can do like you said the candle magic people can make potions people can do create altars so there's so many ways what would i guess the most simple and practical thing that is uh, a guarantee work because everyone wants something that's going to guarantee and be and work for them immediately well, the most practical spell, really, because the magic comes from ourselves, uh, you don't necessarily need any of the tools that we use, but the tools do help. They help put us in a psychological uh, condition to help us be more open to what our intent is. And through the, the scent and the working with herbs or with candles, it actually can help us really feel into the desire. But the, the thing to really do is to feel into the wish as if it has already been fulfilled. So whatever it is you're wanting, uh, you have to simply live as if the wish is already being fulfilled on an emotional level. So even though the outside world is showing you the opposite or showing you it's not there yet, emotionally you have to live as if the wish is already fulfilled. And you don't necessarily need to have... Um, candles or herbs or anything to do that because the whole law of attraction and law of assumption uh, area 
is all simply about using the imagination and using the emotions. But if you want to use tools to help you feel into the magic, then grab a candle and it can be a white candle for general purpose. Light the candle, feel into the wish as if it's already been fulfilled, maybe make up a verse or one line of what it is that you want. Make sure that it's in the present tense and that when you're reciting that, that sentence over and over and over and over again, you're building emotion of joy, of happiness, and just feel into the wish fulfilled in that moment. And then after you've done the spell, feel into the wish fulfilled again. So it can be as complex as you want to make it or as easy as you want to make it. But if you're just starting out, grab a candle, be very clear on your intent, write out the intent in a positive affirmation form, say it over and over again until you feel into the emotion of it and then spend maybe a minute or two visualising yourself in the scene. What would you be doing if you already had that thing that you're wanting or you already are in that situation that you want to be in? What would you be doing? You know, what would you be feeling? And tune into that for a couple of minutes and then allow the candle to burn down if you could do so safely and uh, then get on with the rest of your life as if the wish has already been fulfilled. I think that is very, very important what you said. It's about like living as if it's already happened because a lot of people will just let themselves feel into it and then think that that's it, that they don't have to do anything else. But I think to actually physically behave and act like this wish is already has already been fulfilled is important. How you carry yourself in your day, how you dress in the day, how you do all your daily things needs to be in alignment with that wish because that is, I guess, the power of manifestation, the power of, because mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like when people don't believe in manifestation is when they just put it out there and then just sit back and relax. <laughs> yeah, and we do say in magic, you know, do the spell and forget about it. Uh, because you don't want to be dwelling on the how and you don't want to be dwelling on the spell. So you do want to forget about it in, in the regards of you want to forget the spell and you want to forget the, the not having. But as you're forgetting about the spell and maybe getting on with life and doing something completely different, like maybe you go and do a crossword puzzle or you go and do something else, you're doing that crossword puzzle as if the wish has already been fulfilled. <laughs> uh, so it, you have to still be in that state. So. Uh, and not focusing on the lack of or the not having aspect. And because people have such magical thinking about magic, because on, on television, you know, you click your fingers or you do a spell and bang, all this stuff happens. People think magic happens like that, but it doesn't happen like that. Like sometimes it does if it's a very easy thing to get, if it's something that you don't have a lot of blocks around or that's very well within your sphere of availability, you may even think of something and it pops up in, in your life. But it just depends on, on your situation and how easy it is for you to manifest something or how much you have to change as a person in order to be able to manifest something. Because magic is very much about changing ourselves to be the person who has that thing or to be the type of person who is doing that thing. 
And this has come through all of the more quantum research that people like Joe Dispenza has done and looking at the metaphysics side of it as well to bring us more into that 21st century understanding of magic, that it's not just about, it's not the herbs doing it, it's not the candle doing it, it's uh, actually you doing it and you interacting with those things and how those things are helping you feel is actually doing it. It's not the thing itself. The candle's not doing it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for myself, I'll say that having that detachment is really difficult. And that's why sometimes I like to work with tools, whether it's like um, like a tea I'll make with herbs or something like that, because I find it really hard to just detach and then like go mm -hmm. and I'll keep thinking about it. But when I'm having the tea, at least I'm like, okay, I had this tea, I drank it. Even though I'm going to still think, I'm going to be still probably most likely still think about this thing that I'm trying to call into my life or attract into my life. I... I like that tea kind of like closed it and said like, okay, we're, it's going to happen, even though I'm mm. most likely still thinking about it. But in terms of that, like, how would you suggest someone to detach from that wish, from that thing? Uh, you just have to try and uh, use your imagination to imagine that it's already being fulfilled. So it's, it's, Letting it go is actually surrendering to, so you've done, you've done the spell, so you've drunk the tea or you've done a potion or maybe you've made up an oil blend and you're wearing it every day um, or you put a talisman or something in your wallet or handbag or something like that. It's uh, allowing it, the spell has been done, the spell has been cast, it's out there, it's, it's, it's happening. And now I've got to live as if it is, as, as if emotionally, on an emotional level, as if it has already happened. And you may have to train yourself how to do that. You may find that it's helpful to maybe before you go into even doing the spell, you do a bit of practice in your imagination of being in that situation of whatever your desire is and researching for yourself, well, if I have this, then what would I be doing? And then put yourself in that scene in your imagination. Do it in that, your imagination. See how you would be feeling and, and wait until that feels real enough to you and solid enough for you and then go and do the spell and bring that into the spell. And then that you might, might find that that makes it easier for you to believe that the spell is done. I can detach myself from the, um, from the need for it to from being needy uh, to just simply waiting and allowing it to happen as it unfolds. Well, I have it's a, not easy. It's yeah. not easy to do. <laughs> no, I, well, I have a second question to that because I, for, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I, I'll make, I'll cast it or whatever. I'll put it out there and I trust that it will come to me and I will live life the way believing that this thing is going to come to me but I will still think about it. I'll still think about it, not in terms of this is not going to come, just like that impatience, the impatience of uh, I can't wait for it to come. Yeah. So yeah, what do you yeah. say in terms of that? Practice. When you catch yourself doing that, just go into the practice of it's already happened. And it's like every time you're thinking about it not being there, it's like you've got to be able to remind yourself of, oh, hang on, what would I feel as if it had already happened? 
because you can't stop thinking about it. It's like telling somebody to, you know, don't think of a pink elephant right now. You're going to think of a pink elephant. So you can't forget about it. Uh, you, When you do remember it and you come back to it, you, that's when you use the opportunity to use your imagination of right here, right now, where I am right now, how would I feel if I was actually in the wish having already been fulfilled and, and throw your imagination into that. It's the reason why we practice working with imagination a lot in the craft, why we do meditation and why concentration and meditation is so important because it gives you the skills to be able to put yourself in a situation in your imagination that you're not actually physically in and feel into at the same time. And because the subconscious mind can't tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined, it's believing you're in this place where it's already happening. And the more you can convince it that you're already there, the more it's going to bring that to you. And it's, it's a matter of practice. And that's why it's good for you to be able to visualize with your eyes open, to be able to use your other senses in your visualizing. So if you're visualizing yourself being in a scene of the wish having already been fulfilled, what are you seeing around you right now? What are you smelling? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? And can you feel yourself in the environment that you'd be in if you were already in that environment, even though you may be sitting at your desk in front of a computer? <laughs> so it's the imagination is really important. Yeah, I agree. I think one thing that we can all learn from children is imagination. That's for sure. Mm. And the important oh, yeah. Our imagination yes <laughs> um i kind of told you at the start i mean i feel like before we even started officially started is that this episode is most likely going to come out on halloween so in terms of halloween's relationship to witches and i what what are your i guess like what would you recommend people to be to do on halloween or what is the relationship between halloween and witchcraft i will say that i know that in in which terms Halloween is actually a, a holiday, which is something, is that the right pronunciation? Uh, yeah, you can pronounce it that way. Um, the, the Gaelic way of pronouncing it's more Samhain. Oh, okay. So it's Samhain rather than Samhain because their words are never pronounced how they look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is, yeah. so what are, I guess, like those practices? What is, what is the significance of the day? It comes from, a Celtic, it so it originates in, in the Celtic's tradition and it's a celebration of uh, the beginning of winter, essentially. So it's the last harvest. So it's preparing for winter. And so from a, a practical point of view, it is that, that preparation. From a spiritual point of view, it is about the transformation from life into a new phase of life. So it's, it's like... Uh, a remembrance of the dead so it was a, a time when people re would remember their ancestors and um, contact their ancestors it's a time for focusing on transition so what have you reaped all year what what did you sow what did you reap and to look at that in hindsight and see okay what do i want to do with that you know moving forward as you move into the winter phase it's a transitional phase and it is, it is associated with transforming from life through death, but death meaning a transformation. So it's very, it is very much about death. And a lot of the, the symbolism is to do with the, the unknown, to do with what we can't see because you're moving into the dark part of the year. 
and connecting with your shadow side and doing shadow work is probably one of the best times to do that at Samhain. And in the Northern Hemisphere, it's connected with Scorpio. So that energy of Scorpio is all about transformation. It's associated with, with death as well, but in that transformative sense. And what is it that you no longer want in your life? So it's about removing things that you no longer want and bringing in the things that you do want or making room to bring in the things that you do want. And so it's a very self-reflective time. And it's a very much like a, a dark moon, part of the dark moon phase where you take, you take that time out and you reflect on where you've been and um, have a little bit of a holiday from from the month. Salon's very much like that. And uh, it's, it's celebrating renewal and death and renewal and that life continues on after this physical 3D life and connecting to ancestors and connecting to yourself and where you've been and assessing what do I need to let go of in order to uh, plant new seeds when the spring comes. Yeah, it's what I love about it is that it's such a beautiful time to really commemorate and to a time to really get more in touch with ourselves, get more in touch with nature. I think what I love about it, I love what I love about just in general astrology, you look at all of these different modalities of, of knowing oneself and they're all attached to nature, which is why it's really interesting how like Halloween has turned into like this whole other concept in terms of like religion and how they demonize it. But it's like when like the actuality of it is like this beautiful time when we're coming back home to ourselves, coming back and releasing and doing all this other work. So yeah, it's interesting. Mm. We're actually celebrating Beltang down in the Southern Hemisphere because it's coming into summer here. Although Halloween is being celebrated like in the, in the mainstream yeah. uh, from a, a, a witchcraft point of view um, or Wiccan point of view because our our seasons are opposite to Northern Hemisphere. We're actually celebrating the opposite thing, which is new life and growth and, and coming of the summer and, you know, what are you working on and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you find that a little, do you find that balance like energetically feels off or do you, is it just like, oh, like this is just, the norm it feels like the norm it's kind of weird because growing up in australia christmas is always really hot and humid and it's all about going to the beach and swimming <laughs> whereas all the christmas decorations and santa claus are all for the northern hemisphere which are going through winter and so it's all this sort of snowy stuff that's around in this bright sunlight <laughs> shining in the sunlight and everybody's running around in you know, really least amount of clothing as you can get away with because it's just so hot and humid and then you've got all this snow. It's kind of funny yeah. actually being in the Southern Hemisphere of, um, around these times because it's it feels normal to me to have Beltane this time of year. It feels like Beltane here. Yeah. And when people are talking about and they, they bring all the Halloween decorations in, it's like but it's the wrong time of year. Uh, it just doesn't feel like it's the right time of year for sound here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel like you just, you just flow with the, the nature of wherever you are in terms of that. And yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, I always ask all my guests this question is, how do you ease the chaos in your attic? 
Uh, tapping. <laughs> uh, doing that inner work is really uh, the only way to do it. Uh, taking, taking a lot of time out for yourself and finding the, um, the beliefs that are, are hidden in that, that attic or in the basement or wherever it is that you store them uh, and finding them and changing the ones that aren't helping you. So it is all about the shadow work and changing the beliefs that no matter what happens to you, it's, it's still for your greater good because it's part of your path and not getting caught up or sucked into being a victim or feeling like everything's happening to you to take back your power and go, well, yes, these things may be really terrible that's happened. However, I can't give in to that energy and become a victim to that energy because otherwise it's, it's just going to destroy me. So I need to find a way to use whatever's happened in a way that's actually going to help me become more conscious and more connected to the divine. So using every opportunity, good and bad, to connect to the divine and you'll find that there always will be something really good that will come out of any situation, even a really, really bad one, if you focus that way. I love that. And uh, it's a really important reminder, I think, every day to myself, whenever anything happens, just something good has to come out of this, something good will come mm -hmm. out of this. Um, do you have time for a quick rapid fire round? Okay. <laughs> Um, before we get into that, do you have any like messages, any downloads that you feel like you want to share? At the moment, the only thing that I feel that I want to share with people is that you do have to take back your power and, and just um, always be discerning about what the information is that you're being told around you, particularly about yourself and the world, and to, to take that, that time to really learn to know yourself and take back your power and don't give in to the whole victim stuff that they're really pushing on us at the moment because that's taking our power away from us. So that would be the, the message I'd be giving out at the moment, take back your power. Yeah, I agree. And thank you for reaffirming that to everyone. Um, all right, do you, we'll get into it. Do you know your sun, moon and rising sign? Both my sun and moon are in Virgo and my rising signs in Libra. I love that. Um, do you have a book recommendation? Uh, well, there's my books. <laughs> uh, there's Crafting Your Wiccan Path, which is my book on, on Wicca and witchcraft. And I also have another book, um, Tapping Into Abundance, which is actually a tapping book. So if you're interested in the tapping, uh, the Tapping Into Abundance is great because it talks about law of attraction and the beliefs that are in the way and gives you some tapping scripts and tapping exercises and other exercises to do to help you look at what's stopping you from being able to have the abundance that you want to have. And uh, crafting a Wiccan path is just a really basic, um, I guess, my experience of, of Wiccan witchcraft. I'm really excited for that. And I, I will link them in the show notes for everyone to get, get, get their hands on it because I do think that both books are going to be really useful and really helpful. Um, a saying to live by. Uh, this too will pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing currently lighting you up. Oh, lighting me up at the moment. Um, oh, there's quite a few things. Uh, which one do I? 
I think what's lighting me up at the moment is having done a lot of work on myself, I'm starting to feel more into um, the joy of creating again uh, and being able to really enjoy what I'm doing from a creative perspective. I was looking at it before from a business perspective, but now I'm seeing more of the joy of creating things like uh, creating courses, creating uh, content and coming from that, that creative point of view. And I'm noticing that because I'm focusing more on the creative side, that more opportunities are coming in regarding that creative aspect. So that's what's lighting me up at the moment. That's really good. Um, mountain or sea? Mountain or sea. Ah. I've always pondered this one. Do I live in the mountains or do I live in the sea? Live near the sea. I'd probably say the sea wind. The sea. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> a language you wish you spoke. Gaelic. Irish Gaelic. I agree with that one. Um, <laughs> a favorite element, whether it's earth, fire, whatever. My favorite element, I think, is fire. Same. And I don't ever hear anyone ever say that. So I really. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, my current favorite food. My current favorite food is all, is my all all time favorite food, which is chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a spirit animal? I feel still very closely related to crows, and I also connect to uh, owls as well. And cat is very much my companion. Yeah, I I love all those. I I feel like I also connect. I've always connected with crows. Interestingly. When I was younger and I just never knew why, but yeah. <laughs> um, what is your love language? My love language? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you mean by that. Um, there's touch, there is words of affirmation. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I would I don't know what the different options are. I have heard of I have heard of the concept of love language, but I've never actually investigated it to know what the options are. Okay. Well, we'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> you have, unless you like, you. I mean, are you someone that likes to receive gifts, or do you like people telling you words of affirmations, like positive things about yourself? Do you like people? Um, do you like more intimate touch and more feel? There's, yeah. I like. I definitely like receiving gifts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do you have a habit that you swear by? Oh, I would probably say my habit that I swear by is actually dance. Like it's some, I know it's not a habit, but I always feel I have to do something physical, like physical, some sort of form of physical exercise or, or move in some way. Yeah, and um, to me, that's helpful because it keeps me moving and keeps me um, mobile. I'll say also just helps like release any negativity in the system. Um, mm. What is making you love yourself the most today? Today, um, hmm. the ability to be able to have choice as to what I actually do today, like even though there's things I normally do on a Monday, the fact that I've 
my life is such now that I have choices to whether I do them today or maybe do them another day. <laughs> and uh, that does make me sort of love myself more because I've worked towards that my whole life and I've always struggled with having the ability to be flexible and have the freedom in my life and that right now I'm actually I'm actually doing that is um, I still have to remind myself that. It's a really mm. beautiful thing to embrace. Yeah. Mm. This is the last question that I ask is one thing you would remove from this world and one thing you would add in. I don't really want to say remove anything because that's sort of, that it's kind of like saying that nothing, because everything is divine. So even the stuff that's really ugly and really horrible and even the people that may be committing really heinous things are actually still part of that divine expression. So even though I'd like to see the power possesses removed who are orchestrating all of the chaos and all of the horror that we've been seeing, particularly over the recent years, uh, I'd like to see them all removed or their power removed from them. <laughs> uh, I'd still be very wary of that because things kind of, I guess, have to play out as they do and our consciousness is being raised and people are being forced in, sort of forced into actually looking at the spirituality as a result of that. So there's still positive outcomes. So what I want to bring more into the world is more of a knowledge of um, more knowledge and awareness of who and what we truly are and for people to have more courage to be able to step into their power and um, yeah have more courage and more more of a courage to defend their individual sovereignty. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean I feel like everyone always says like this without obviously we need everything creates everything so like there needs to be that balance and everything is here for a reason but yeah I mean I agree with everything you just said um where can everyone find you work with you and connect with you you can go to my website which is mysterywitchschool.com uh you can also go to my youtube channel which is mystery witch school uh yeah, they're probably the best places. Uh, there's Facebook as well. I've got um, a page called Mystery Witch School uh, and also my own uh, name. I've got a Facebook page under Sandra Inman and I've also got a YouTube channel at uh, Sandra Inman Tapping. So with the new YouTube handles that they've just brought out, um, it's at Sandra Inman Tapping for the Tapping channel and at uh, Mystery Witch School for the witchy stuff. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And I would absolutely love it if you could rate this podcast, leave a review, subscribe and follow it because it would mean the world to me and help support this podcast in more ways than you can know. And also help me get more exciting and enlightening guests on. So thank you to your precious ears for listening. And bye.